if you're 18 backpacking Europe, that's normal. If you're 70 years old backpacking Europe, that's weird, right? Because, <laughs> you know, when you're 70, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. Hey, this is your host, Debbie. Welcome to Gap Year for Grownups, a podcast for those who believe you can take a time out to reinvent your life, especially at 50 plus when you're figuring out what comes next. Today, I talk with Matt Kepnes. Matt is best known as Nomadic Matt, which is also the name of his website dedicated to travel and offering resources to people who want to travel inexpensively. Recently, Matt came out with his second book, a memoir called 10 Years a Nomad, A Traveler's Journey Home. Matt has spent more than 3,000 nights in a thousand different cities in 90 countries. So I figured he'd be the perfect guest to talk to us about travel as a way to reinvent yourself. A little background on Matt. He's 38. He recently settled down in Austin, Texas after 10 years of being on the road as a nomad. We talk about the emotional aspects of travel, the courage it takes to detach yourself from societal expectations, the steady job, staying in one place, the difference between travel and a vacation, and the importance of journaling or writing as you're on the journey and in the midst of the experience, so that later you could look back and reflect more clearly on what it all meant. Matt also shares his encounters with older travelers and the common fears he hears in people 50 and older. His site, nomadicmat.com, is full of resources for traveling at any age. Check the show notes for all the links, and let's jump right in. Matt, welcome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This is really a thrill. Um, I followed your work for years, and I love what you do. Uh, I have really enjoyed your new memoir, 10 Years a Nomad. I think what's so intriguing is it's about so much more than the logistics of travel, uh, which are, and there's a lot of them, and there's so much to address that on your, on your website. But what I was really struck by is how open you are um, in the memoir about your personal life and relationships. And then... Secondly, how honest you are really about admitting that, you know, endless travel and living the life of a perpetual nomad ultimately wasn't for you and that you wanted a routine and a schedule. And then these are your words and a white picket fence and kids and a dog and whatever. And I, I just thought that was so refreshing and uh, surprising to me because it's, it's a big thing to admit, you know, given that your reputation and your travel blog and, all the resources on your site come out of the notion of being a nomad, living the life of a nomad in order to discover a better, more authentic version of yourself. So if you'll allow me to do this, can we start with the second question where you, you know, you even talk in the book about episodes of burnout and including panic attacks. And so what led you to admit publicly that you ultimately, you couldn't, keep traveling forever and that maybe it was time to settle down. Well, I don't think anyone uh, really travels forever. And I think, you know, life is a series of chapters and every, every book needs a chapter too. And so, you know, all the people I know that, you know, started when I started, you know, that were nomads and vagabonds, they all eventually settled down 
I mean, even the ones I, you know, follow that were my inspiration, Rolf Potts, right? For example, from Vagabonding, everyone settles down. You know, life eventually moves forward. And so, you know, nobody is, you know, forever a nomad. You know, in the sense that, like, you know, that doesn't mean, like, you know, people always assume that it's like, oh, you don't travel anymore. It's like, no, I just now have a home base. So I think everyone eventually gets a home base because, you know, I mean, who wants to live out of a suitcase forever and ever and ever? And one thing that I think people really do a lot is they either have a home base or they have mini bases where they like, okay, I'm going to be here for four months and I'll be there for four months. And they just slowly move, you know, and that slowness can be months or years. Um, I have a friend who has been at this game even longer than I have. And, you know, now she lives in Toronto, but, you know, she spent some time living in uh, Japan before uh, this. And, you know, I mean, people just move. And so I think, you know, nobody wants to be on the road forever. And if they do, they haven't been on the road long enough to figure out that they don't want to be on the road forever. Um, eventually, you just want some stability in your life. And I think that is also part, you know, length of time and, and age. You know, if, if, you know, if you've just been on the road, and, you know, like you're not thinking like, oh, I want to stop. Uh, but if you've been on the road for a long time, um, you kind of want to slow down. And if you've been on the road for a long time, as you get older, you know, then you definitely want to like, be like, all right, well, you know, I'm 38 now and I've been sleeping in hostels for 13 years. I think maybe now I, I sleep in my own bed. So I think you know, the, long, the longer you travel, the, the more likely it is you're going to want to just find some stability in your life. So what about the age thing? Because... Um... This podcast, as you might have noticed, is really directed at people kind of, I don't know, 50 plus who want to take a time out or a gap, a gap year to reinvent their lives. Uh, in the beginning of the book, and you spend quite a bit of time on this, you talk about, you know, the courage it took to start traveling. Um, and you talk about the endless loop of commuting and ladder climbing and watching TV in the evenings and going to the gym. And, you know, I think what's interesting is you were in your mid-20s at the time. But that same feeling of the endless loop, you know, the sameness of their lives year after year, that also inspires older adults to change, you know, to take a time out. So looking back on that, do you have any advice for older adults who are, you know, again, a lot older than you who are getting this feeling that you described so well in the beginning of the book and want to make a change and how travel fits into that, at least as a piece of what you might do to reinvent your life? Uh, well, you know, I think that desire, you know, that struggle to change the courage it takes, you know, it's also a product of time. You know, I mean, you're 50 plus, you grew up in an age where, like, it was really strange to, to do this, even more stranger than, uh, than it is now, I and mean, it's still strange. Uh, you grew up in a time when, like, Airbnb and the internet, this stuff didn't exist. And so, there's a lot of social programming that goes into, into a lot of why people don't travel or, or should I say travel long-term the way kids do, right? Like if you're 18 backpacking Europe, that's normal. If you're 70 years old backpacking Europe, that's weird, right? Because, <laughs> you know, 
when you're 70, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. And you grew up at that time and like, oh yeah, you, you retire and then you travel. But that travel is like a luxurious, you know, hotels and relaxing. Just, it's not travel, it's just a long vacation. And so when we do interviews and, and discussions with, you know, the, the boomers and the retirees about that, it's a question we always ask. And it's a question that a lot of people say, like, yeah, they did get pushed back from their friends and families, but they, they're the people who just didn't care enough. Or, or the people, you know, they, they go online and they see other people doing it. I mean, one of the questions I always get asked when I'm doing a book tour is like, do you see older travelers in hostels? And I always say, yes, I always see older travelers in hostels. And the follow-up is like, but are they accepted? And I say, yeah, they always have great stories. Uh, you know, I've met you know, people in their 70s and 80s backpacking through hostels. Some of them even stay in dorms. And it, it's a lot of the social program that you have to unplug. You know, the same reason why, you know, when I took a break to go travel for what was supposed to be a year, everyone thought I was crazy. I was like, wait, no, you just graduated from grad school. Like, now you're supposed to get a job. What are you doing with, like, your life? Like, you're this debt. Like, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. And so that's because, like, we're taught, like, we're supposed to go, you know, a certain way. And that, that's hard. That's a lot of stuff, you know, to unwind from. And, and it takes a, a lot of courage. Well, do, you, do you think it's easier these days because of Airbnb and, you know, things like your website with all the resources and tips? And um, is it or does it still take courage and does it take more courage when you're 25 or more courage when you're 55 or 60 what do you think i i think that you know does it take more courage i mean i think you're both always undoing the the social programming but i think to now now it's never been an easier time to travel because you have budget airlines you have alternatives to hotels you have all these you know, social sharing economy websites that allow you all these ways to, to travel on a budget. Free walking tours are everywhere. I mean, cheap walking tours are everywhere. Cooking class, like there's just like all of this stuff out there now. And there's all this stuff on the internet. And you know, before, like, free walking tours aren't new, right? I mean, they've existed for decades. Couchsurfing has existed for decades. And before that, there was serve us. So a lot of this stuff is not so much that it's new, it's just information that's easier to access. Before you have to like really be in the know, there were no websites, like you had to like, you know, you get books like delivered to you and like directories and information was harder to get. And, but now that it's so easy that, you know, it, that makes travel easier because you can always find what you're looking for and you can always find some sort of service out there that allows you to you know, bypass what were those traditional gatekeepers, the hotels, the big expensive tour companies, the resorts, the cruise ships, those big expensive travel agents. And, and now you can just bypass all that and do it yourself. I love the way you talk about, uh, you, know, you make the point that travel, this kind of travel, which is kind of mind opening, is not, it's not a vacation. It's about sort of creating a different story for yourself. And this might've been in a recent newsletter you sent, but you talk about how, you know, part of the intention or the purpose is to 
is for the unfamiliar to, you know, jolt you out of familiar patterns to, you know, sometimes it even makes you change or give up habits. The travel sharpens the mind and it sharpens your awareness, which is such an intriguing idea, particularly for older people who want to still maybe see life differently. But can you talk about that a little bit? Travel is, to me, not so much a length of time, but a philosophy on doing things. Like you said, you know, a way of seeing things differently. People, especially here in the States, you know, we have a vacation culture. We don't have a travel culture. You know, we we go away for two weeks, we see a lot of stuff, and that's it. But to me, travel is about breaking out of your comfort zone, you know, seeing life in a different way, understanding why people do what they do and, and how they do what they do. And so, you know, that means trying the unknown. And, and when the beauty of travel is that every day is so different that if you allow some of that serendipity of travel to happen, to just not overplan your days, you can then find those like random moments that make travel special. Those times where you push yourself into the unknown and out of your comfort zone and have these just wonderful moments of growth. Routine is the death of growth in many ways because you're never giving yourself an opportunity to, to grow intellectually, you know, physically, emotionally, because you're just you know, going through the same motions every day. And that's easy, it's comforting, but like, it's not how you grow. So if we can go back, you know, to the first question, are you, were you worried at all that by saying, you know what, you just, you couldn't be a nomadic traveler forever, that this would sort of upend kind of what the whole premise of your site? Or did you just figure you were being honest and being someone who was older in their 30s? I'm just curious. It just struck me when I was reading, I thought, wow, that is really honest to say that, um, you know, travel is great, but oh man, you can't do it forever. I mean, I never had the intention of doing it forever when I began. I mean, it was just always like, well, I just want to go one more day. You know, there was no grand plan to be like, I'm going to travel for the rest of my life. Or like, I'm going to do exactly 10 years uh, or nine and a half. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I don't think I ever really thought about it consciously. You know, it just, just it, it, life unfolded the way it unfolded. And, you know, there was nothing about, about anything I did that was deliberate in a sense when it came to travel, like, oh, I'm only going to do it for so long. I think the longer you travel, the less you do it um, all the time. I think that's true for anything, you know. I want to travel for the rest of my life. I don't want to live out of a backpack for the rest of my life, you know. Your travels change as your goals change. I mean, even if you're 65 and you're just like, great, I'm newly retired, I'm going to go. Well, you know, talk to me three years. Like, you're probably going to want to change how you travel. I mean, the older you get, the more stuck in your ways you get, right? And so, you know, you have desires and you're less, less flexible with things and you just want to do things a certain way. You know, I think that that's really interesting, Matt, because what you're saying is it wasn't deliberate, it took a lot of courage to do it, to try it, to experiment with it, but it wasn't a deliberate plan. And I think that's, um, that actually really does take a lot of courage. And I think a lot of people hesitate is what's the plan? You know, do I know exactly how this will turn out if I take a gap year, if I go travel for a year? And the answer is we never do. And so I guess a lot of people 
just never start. Um, so, so now you're back in Austin and so, so is it, is this, is this good? I mean, are you going to get the white picket fence and, uh, I don't know the, the dog and is, is that going to work or is that still not what you need to do right now? Uh, you know, I mean, I have a new apartment. Eventually I, I will move to that. You know, I would like a house and I'd like a garden. I'd like to, you know, have some plants that, I, that don't die. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, you know, one step at a time. That's good. I think that's good. Uh, I just, I also was looking at the appendix at the end, you know, 19 lessons from a decade of travel. And, you know, a couple really jump out. Uh, you are never alone. That's really fascinating, by the way, because I think people think, well, if I leave my life, then, you know, I won't know anybody. Um, it's never too late to change. Thank you for that one, for the older crowd. Learn languages. I'm so with you on that. There's no such thing as, you know, must-sees, things you have to see. And then you say, just go. I just want to thank you because it's, it's, I think it's very inspiring. And the, your, your blend of all the sort of logistics of here how, here's how it works. And then being honest about your experience, um, I just found very, very moving. So thanks. Well, you're very welcome. Um, you know, I, I mean, we, we were, I wrote a very personal book, you know, me and my editor, you know, she helped me really like push out and um, really get deep. And I think that's sort of, you know, people really feel this way when they travel long term. So I, you know, I really wanted to highlight all the, the ups and downs in the book. Yeah. And last thing, you know, I always advise people to, to write, you know, while they're going through whatever their experience is. Did you, I'm just thinking now, maybe in your blog post, but when you were going along, were you writing about a lot of these changing feelings or changing decision-making? Or did you try and reconstruct it? It's always interesting because over a long period of time, it's hard to remember how you felt or what you thought, you know, 10 years ago versus five years ago versus two years ago. And any, any advice on that? Because I just think whether it's blogging or writing, it just is, it's such an important way to kind of think out loud and capture your experience. Any tips on that? Yeah, I had um, a journal in, in my, my first journey. So like for me, you know, when I was writing the book, I, I really referenced that a lot because like, I mean, I ha also had a blog, right? So I, I had many sources that I wrote about. So like I could remember more accurately how I felt in that time and place. And also like what happened, like the who, what, where, and how of it all um, and the why. And so those were really instrumental. And I think, you know, it, you know, it's also it was really nice to just like sort of flip through my journal and sort of read my old thoughts, fall upon a page and be like, oh yeah, that's what happens that day. Well, great. Well, I don't know. Any parting bits of wisdom for older listeners who might be thinking, you know, who is this guy? He's 38. What does he, what does he have to teach us? But although I think you have so much to teach, but any last thing that just bit of wisdom you like to impart? Is there anything? Well, you know, I, I think that um, you hit, kind of hit on the head that like you're, it's never too late to change. It's never too late to go. I think when you 
are like older, you'd like worry, like, is this for me? Like, isn't backpacking or long-term travel something for, you know, those, those young kids or whatever, you know, those, I'm supposed to like rent an RV. Oh, I mean, <laughs> you know, life is yours to live. You know, don't let the people dictate it, you know, and, and, you know, going back to what we talked about in the social programming, retirement meant extended vacation and, you know, golf, right? And so people are really concerned, like, you know, I want to do this, but, like, I also, like, don't want to be the weird, you know, 82-year-old in the hostel, you know, with everyone being like, what are you doing here, right? Because then you go, like, okay, not only do my friends think I'm weird, but, like, when I go try to join the party, everyone's like, you don't really belong in this party. But the truth is, everyone belongs to the party. The best great people I've met have been older folks and they have really enjoyed so much of their travels. And, and when I meet them and, you know, we have conversations and everyone else at the hostel, like they have great stories and people want, want to learn. Travel is a very welcoming place. Oh, Matt, thank you. That, that's great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. That's a wrap for this episode of Gap Year for Grownups. If you're feeling inspired, you can leave a review on iTunes. It really means a lot. And if you've got ideas for future shows or topics, you can email me at thegapyearpodcast at gmail.com. And remember, however you want to reimagine your life, now is the moment. Don't wait. This is Debbie, your host. Till next time.